0: Listening to God and acting on on what he's been talking to her about, I think it really is superb um, that God has talking to us about fasting, uh, uh, about intercessing even. Um, he may be talking to us about fasting, we'll see when I get to my preach. But um, th- th- calling us as a church really to spend time in prayer together. And just really practically, I don't know about you, but my day at the moment looks looks a lot like spending time on Zoom, on Teams, in all sorts of different meetings. Some days I can spend six or seven hours on the screen. Um, And therefore, having yet another Zoom or Teams thing in the evening can be quite hard. Um, But I have found with small group, and and I would say it will apply to this um, intercessing meeting on the first Thursday in March as well, is that it really is entirely different. It is wonderful to come together with brothers and sisters in Christ to worship, To pray together and I think to intercede together. Um, It's vital at this time and even when I've had a day with six or seven hours on the screen, another hour with my brothers and sisters I'm finding is entirely different. Um, So I really do uh, recommend two things. One, that you continue to get stuck into small group. Um, It really is a valuable lifeline right now but also that we spend time together in prayer for the nation and the many other things that the Holy Spirit, I'm sure will lead us into praying for at this time. So I wanna introduce uh, this morning's subject to you. I'm gonna do that by bringing you the shopping bag of surprise. Here we are. We have a new shopping bag of surprise. The old one was getting a little bit worn out. Um, It is a grocery bag from a grocery store, um, which I think is interesting when we look at today's subject. And inside we have ah, a bag in a bag. My, My wife would like this very much, not least because this is her lunchbox bag. So this is the bag in which she takes her lunch to work. And inside I have Absolutely nothing. An empty lunchbox. That's um, not really something that would fill you with joy, I think, if you'd gone into work um, and were looking for some sustenance. Um, however, in the bottom corner, I do have two paracetamol, which we will come to later. So, I hope this will be a practical guide to something that I've found can be a useful tool in our prayer lives and also deepen our relationship with God. So, I want to ask four questions in the next 15 minutes. Um, what does the world think, oh sorry, did, first question is, did Jesus fast? Second question, what does the world think about fasting? And Third question, what does God say about fasting? And finally, does fasting help us prioritise his presence? Sorry, I'm just setting up my watch because I can't see the clock on the back wall. My phone, which has got a timer on it, has just packed up. And so I want to make sure that I don't run over time. So first question, did Jesus fast? Well, Jesus in his ministry on earth 2,000 years ago was not known for fasting. And we can see in the Bible that people were surprised by this. In fact, Jesus was asked why John the Baptist's followers fasted and the Pharisees fasted, but Jesus' disciples did not. You can read about that in Luke 5. Jesus was also accused of actually being a glutton and a drunkard during his ministry. Jesus says this and reports this in Matthew 11. So it looks when I read the Bible that fasting was an intrinsic part of the culture of the wider community at the time of Jesus' ministry, but for a number of reasons Jesus chose not to model it in the way that he and his disciples lived. However, Jesus did fast, and his teaching does cover fasting, and we're going to look at that this morning. We know that Jesus regularly went to a place of silence and solitude, withdrawing from the crowds, often visiting places like Gethsemane. But we have no record of fasting being part of his regular practice. But we do have a record of his 40-day fast at the start of his ministry, which Cassidy so helpfully reminded us of um, in her contribution earlier. Now, we've learned over the last few weeks that finding a place of silence and solitude, choosing to enter the wilderness or desert, is not a place of weakness but actually a place of strength. Choosing to deliberately put ourselves in a place or situation that brings us closer to God, but also forces us to increase our dependence on God. A place where we are humanly weak, but can become spiritually strong. So we see that Jesus, who is both fully man and fully God, models exactly this at the start of his ministry. So let's read together. Um, I'm going to look at Matthew's account of this, Matthew 4, and the words will come up on the screen. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So Jesus' emphatic response to Satan is that food is necessary, but God's word is more necessary. Put simply, we can live without food for a time, but we cannot live without God. What I notice in myself, though, is that when I'm hungry, I go looking for crisps. What I see in Jesus is that when he's hungry, he reaches for the Bible. Okay, what does the world think about fasting? Well, right now, the world thinks fasting is a good idea. There are claims that fasting makes you superhuman by the use of mere willpower. One quote I read said, fasting fuels the greatness within you. Now there are numerous diets that include an element of fasting and a whole bunch of benefits that there may or may not be scientific evidence for. Apparently fasting can Boost your cognitive performance, that's how your brain works. It can protect you from obesity and associated chronic diseases. It can reduce inflammation. It can improve our overall fitness. It can support weight loss. Funny that, not eating, supporting weight loss, maybe. Um, Decrease the risk of metabolic diseases and some people even think it can benefit cancer patients. Now, all of that is well and good, but there is a pitfall here. All of these things make it about our willpower, it improves us. It can mean that when we fast, our action somehow makes us better. Now, this is the opposite of using fasting as a tool to increase your dependence on God. Instead, it creates a situation that results in us becoming increasingly self-reliant. The message here is we can live without food for a time, but we cannot live without willpower. A thinking that says, look at me, look how strong I am. I've made it through a week-long fast on my own. Now this way of thinking is not new, and there is an additional trap for us if we then bring this way of thinking into a religious setting. Now some faiths and some branches of Christianity teach that fasting is a penitent act. This is worth considering now as we head into and think about Lent, as Lent has been viewed by some as a period of penitence. The idea that fasting is somehow an act of penance, an act of personal atonement, punishment, penalty, a reparation for our sin, an act that somehow pays for our sin. Now, this is not who we are. Jesus has atoned for our sin once and for all. Now, fasting will help deepen your relationship with God, but it cannot alter your standing before him. You are a son or daughter of God, the brother or sister of Jesus, because Jesus died for you so that you would become a recipient of God's grace and mercy once and for all. You do not deserve it. You have not earned it. But by Jesus' death and resurrection, you have received it. Oh. And fasting, or anything else you might do, cannot add to it. Okay, so what does God say about fasting? Well, in Matthew 6, Jesus says this, And when you fast, don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and dishevelled, so people would admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, nice if you have some, and wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your Father, who knows what you do in private. And your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. So Jesus commends fasting, but fasting that is noticed by our Father, not those around us. Instead of looking for human commendation, Jesus says, trust in the Father's reward. Now, Jesus says all of this just after he is taught about prayer, where he teaches the Lord's Prayer, as part of his Sermon on the Mount. And we looked at that in our series on the Beatitudes earlier. Now, While he's delivering this, earlier on, he turns the Jewish value system on its head in countless ways. In one example, he uses the language of fasting to talk about justice. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. Which reminds me of what God says in Isaiah 58 in response to the moans of his people. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves and you don't even notice us. I will tell you why, I respond. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarrelling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance. Remember what we were saying earlier? Bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress in burlap and cover yourself with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? No. This is the kind of fasting I want free those who are wrongly imprisoned lighten the burden of those who work for you let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help god is clear fasting as an act of personal endurance as an act of faux spiritual achievement, will do you no good at all. In fact, fasting to please ourselves achieves nothing at all. approach like that, it will not bring you closer to God, but instead it'll make you proud of what you have achieved and could delude you into thinking that you don't need to depend on God for anything. Instead, the evidence of God working in your life will be acts of mercy and kindness to others what the Apostle James describes in his letter as the works that evidence your salvation. So finally, does fasting help us then prioritise his God's presence? See, Jesus tells his disciples that there will be a time when fasting is necessary. The Bible shows us, both in the New Testament and the Old Testament, that fasting is often um, actually a matter of common sense. You know when it's right to fast. You see, Moses did not take food with him when he went up Mount Sinai. Hannah, the prophet Samuel's mother, did not feel like eating when she was praying for a child. And Paul went without food when God struck him blind after his conversion on the road to Damascus. And my personal experience is that fasting is a way of spending time with God where we become more dependent on him. We leave the ordinary routines of life in order to prioritize his presence, in order to spend time with him. Which brings me back to the two paracetamol that remain in their packet. Um, I was fasting uh, not long ago um, and... um, I'm probably undoing everything by telling you that, but anyway, I need to for the sake of this. Um, Fasting not long ago, and um, I was finding it really, really difficult. I do not find fasting easy at all. And um, I I was praying, but I was finding it hard to pray because I had a growing headache, which I think was ultimately down to lack of food. And so I went, and I went to the bathroom, and I got two paracetamol, Um, and I actually took them out of the packet and was about to take them with some water and I just felt God say I want you to know that I sustain you and this was some of the stuff that I was battling through in prayer he said don't take the paracetamol your headaches gonna go I just felt the Holy Spirit say that and stir that inside me and so the paracetamol stayed on the desk And the headache went within about 10 minutes and they've stayed there on the desk as a reminder that actually I am entirely and utterly dependent upon God and I am sustained by him. Fasting is useful in times of concentrated prayer, like Hannah praying for her child Um, right now. Praying for the nation and the church as we go through this pandemic in lockdown is of vital importance. So, you know, let's intercede. Let's let's go to that meeting on Thursday, the 4th of March and and intercede. Um, You don't have to fast, but God may stir you to fast as part of that. Um, You might hunger and thirst for justice, as Jesus says um, in his Sermon on the Mount. And also, fasting is really useful when you want to hear from God, like Moses did when he went up Mount Sinai. And so I've often found that actually fasting is an aid when um, one is praying about making decisions about jobs, or family, or even the future direction of the church. So in summary, fasting is an act that increases our dependence on God. It is you choosing to depend on him. Fasting does not save you. It does not somehow pay for your sin. Jesus did that. However, you can choose to say, I am sustained by God. You can choose for a time to go into a place of wilderness, a place where you know that you will be weak, so that you find your strength in God alone. That's what Jesus did not a bad model to follow, and in doing that it can help you seriously deepen your relationship with God. It can improve your prayer life and your dependence upon him. I'm going to pray and then hand back to Gemma. Father God, I thank you that you draw us close to you. I thank you for the ways that you do that, the different ways that you do that. I thank you for the gift of worship. Um, I thank you that our lives, actually in the way we live them, are worship to you. Um, but I thank you as well for um, the, the kind of the, the more difficult things that, that do make a difference. So I thank you uh, for fasting, that for a time we can go without food or other things so that uh, we learn to depend more upon you, so that we learn that actually it is your word that sustains us. It is your voice that sustains us. It is your hand that sustains us. Thank you, Lord. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, I pray, and lead us as we intercede and pray for the nation at this time. In Jesus' name. Amen.